Hello, and welcome to the Learning to See podcast. I'm Jen Allward, your host, and today I'm excited to introduce you to Cassandra Owens, an artist, entrepreneur, and student. Our conversation diverted from our original plan into something better, and today Cassandra shares a bit about her own story of transformation, how art helped her learn to express herself, and how God proved his faithfulness to her through difficult circumstances and homelessness. There is always so much to discover when we let him lead the way, and this conversation flows over into our transforming studio time on Patreon, so make sure you go sign up to catch all the bonuses, art ideas, reflection questions, plus the second half of our conversation about how to bring the light of the Lord into the painfully dark places of life in super practical ways. But for now, let's jump on in and learn to see new perspectives as we let God renew our minds. Hi, how are you? There you are. Yay. (laughs) So welcome, Cassandra. For those who don't know you, can you introduce yourself a little bit? Like, how did you get into using art and how does that affect your spiritual walk? And I've always been the artsy, craftsy kind of person. Um, I haven't really started using art to express myself until a few years ago. And so, so one of the things is I would draw a quick little sketch of what I was looking like at, the, at that time. So, you know, like a little brown head with the little shoulders, and that was it. And then I would have whatever size afro I had at the time. And then uh, I may put a facial expression in it or not. And then I would just write words, sometimes with uh, punctuation to really help get my point across about how I was feeling. Like if it was angry, you know, I would write angry, I would use the color red and use exclamation point. Or if it was something kind of neutral, I might say something like laugh and I might put like a period at the end. Or if it was something really good, then I might, you know, put a smiley face and exclamation points and I would use happy colors and etc. Uh, so I've been doing that periodically over the course of a year or so. I even did one more recently, but it was with Play-Doh, with molding clay. And it wasn't necessarily about my emotions in that moment. It was about my emotions for the whole week. So I made a little Play-Doh version of my face. I had dreads at the time. So I had little Play-Doh dreads on my head. <laughs> and then my dreads were really uneven. So I made sure I captured that. And then it looks like a thought bubble, like a little cloud and a few other little clouds leading to the head. And then on the larger thought bubble, I put various emoji-like expressions on it. It was a challenging week for me. So there's some angry faces, you know, there's some frowny faces, there's some shocked faces, and then there's some happy faces, and there's laughing faces. My emotions for that week was all over the place, but it was a really fun, creative, expressive activity, and I really enjoyed it. So the other one, it was for my birthday. It was outside. I love being outside. It was at the park because I wanted the children to be able to come too because almost everybody I know has children. So, you know, it was at the park. There was a play area. There was a lot of open fields. There was trees. It was beautiful. And we were painting. And I didn't paint until somebody practically forced, hey, how are you going to have this painting event? And you're not even going to paint. 
because I was just running around making sure everything was going okay, make sure everybody had everything that they needed. So I finally sat down to paint and I just started painting. And I wasn't really paying attention to what I was making, but I was using these really dark blues with like some lighter blues and it was a little gray. And I didn't realize until afterwards that what I had painted looked like a storm happening on sea. It looked like the water was like waves crashing. It had like, it even had like little white caps on it. And (laughs) there was dark gray clouds at the top. It perfectly captured what I was feeling. I was overwhelmed. I actually cried before I even left. So it was a lot. And the painting that I made in that moment perfectly captures that. And I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just painting. I had nothing in mind. I just poured it all out on canvas. I love that about it. I was trying to explain that to somebody today. We're talking about working with people who've been through crises and stuff. And he's like, but why art? And I'm like, it's so hard to explain until you've done it. Like you said, you had no plan. You had no prior preparation for, oh, I'm going to make an ocean. The imagery, the colors, just as you play with supplies, it comes out and there's relief when it shows up on the canvas. And I think your self-portrait thing with the emojis and the different hair. That is Mm -hmm. such a fun way to track. (laughs) I do that with clients a lot, um, but I'm going to have to remember, I'm going to be like, make sure you include your hair. Yes, hair is important. I read somewhere a long time ago that your hair can really raise or lower your self-esteem. And all of that plays into self-expression as well. If they don't like their hair, maybe they could do their hair how they want it to be done. Exactly. On the paper, we have all sorts of options that we don't in real life. Awesome. So you are, for people, again, who don't really know you, you're in Indiana? I've lived in a lot of different places over the years. My family, we moved around a lot. And then when I became an adult, I moved around a lot on my own. So I'm currently in Terre Haute, Indiana. I am studying psychology at Indiana State University. And I'm minoring in nonprofit leadership. Wow, great combination. Yeah, it is a powerful combination, I think. I also have a background in childhood education and care. So he's really working with me on that front right now. I'm not really sure, but I'm just going to roll with it. It's probably art therapy with pastoral counseling because I'm really passionate about expressive arts. Yeah, all those puzzle pieces will fit together. It'll be interesting to watch it develop. I was scrolling through your Instagram feed and your website, and I saw something about pads and like a homeless initiative or something. Can you tell people a little bit about that? Okay, so somehow I ended up starting a fundraiser for homeless people. Mine was focused on the Chicagoland area because that's where I was at, but I encouraged people to reach out to the homeless shelters in their local environments or even the neighboring towns and volunteer whatever they could, whether it's money or products clothing or you know even artwork like whatever they could if they could they didn't have anything but they had time I was encouraging them to volunteer their time too because a lot of homeless shelters they need more people to notice them to help them and not for the shelter but for the people that's in the shelters So I started that and probably about six months after that I ended up becoming homeless myself In the Chicagoland area, that really opened my eyes even more to how much homeless people need and what it is that they're struggling with. Because a lot of homeless people opt not to go into a shelter. 
because of whatever reason, you know, it could be poor management. It could be the rules were too strict. There was a shelter in the area of the homeless shelters that I was in that didn't even allow people to freely walk outside. Like they had an enclosed backyard and that was it. Like they couldn't even just freely leave. Like the only time they could leave is if they was going to work or going to a doctor's appointment. Like, they didn't even let people just go to the grocery store. If they had a link card, they had to forfeit their link card. It was crazy. And it was a blessing that I was not there because I probably would have <laughs> lost my mind. Right? It feels almost like prison. Exactly. Yeah, a lot of people opt to just rough it on their own and live on the streets. And I can't say that I blame them, but that's one of those things where it's like to eat your own. You know, if you want to try living on the streets of Chicago in a tent, if you think that's better than dealing with the homeless shelters and everything that comes with that, then so be it. I was trying to help people in the homeless shelters. Although I was in a homeless shelter, I was still trying to help other people because that's what the Lord placed on my heart. So I was trying to help the ladies that I was in the shelter with. I was trying to help, you know, just random people that I came across, whether they were homeless or not. I was trying to help people at a lot of the other homeless shelters, too. The only resources I really had at the time was food assistance. And, okay, so I understand that we are not supposed to use our food assistance for other people. However, if the Lord tells me to buy someone some food, I'm going to buy them some food. That's no disrespect to the government system or anything like that. I'm not intentionally trying to abuse it. I'm not selling it or anything like that. I'm not giving anyone the card. I'm not giving anyone my PIN number. If the Lord leads me to a hungry person and tells me to feed them, I'm going to feed them. So that's what I did. I used whatever the Lord gave me and I gave it back to them. When I had cash, I would buy certain things like hats or scarves. It was cold around that time. Just whatever the Lord allowed me to get, that's what I would get. And then I would go and I would give it out to the people. I would give the hats and the scarves and the toiletries and stuff to the people who were living outside because they're a lot colder than us and our cozy. I mean, okay, it wasn't cozy because sometimes we were really cold, sometimes we were really hot, but we were still inside. We had an actual roof over our heads, keeping the wind out. You know, the people outside, they didn't have that. So that's how that happened. And then I had already applied to come here at Indiana State University before I became homeless. And it was actually during my first week of homelessness that I got the acceptance text message. And it was just such a beautiful thing. I was upstairs in the meditation room, you know, just finding some peace. And then I got the text message and I just praised and worshiped the Lord right there. It was like, yes, all I have to do is survive these next few months. And then I could just go, I could live on campus. Wow, talk about some major perspective shifts of right when you didn't have anything, you dropped in a text message to encourage you and go, you got this. And mm-hmm. in the middle of that, even before you had that answer, you were still at the core of who you were of, I have a heart to help people. So whatever he gives me, I'm going to also share. I'm going to keep being who I am, even in this situation where it'd be so easy to focus on self and making sure all your needs were met first, which somewhere there's a conversation for another time of that balance of, you know, put on your oxygen mask first, right? (laughs) Yes, definitely. But there's space for both to put the oxygen mask on to get the scarf we need and to Mm -hmm. share of our excess to recognize even when we feel like we don't have much, there's probably some bit of excess somewhere, Mm -hmm. even if it's a kind word. Sorry, we had trouble with the audio here. Cassandra added, 
yes, exactly, or to bring them before the Lord in prayer. So many perspectives right there. That was rich. So thank you for sharing that. And then you have a business. Is it a collaborative gallery with multiple people? At one point it was, but due to various reasons, they were not able to continue on with the art gallery. So it's just me right now, but I'm always open to adding new people. Cool. And then what are the services that you offer through your gallery? I do pretty much everything. All the artists have to do, if they're not local, all the artists will have to do is take some pictures of their artwork in accordance to the few rules that I set. Just really get the good pictures and then I do everything else after that. The first ad I run is free for the artist. After that, the funds for their ads will come out of the monthly fee that they have to pay, which is just $5. And then any event that I have, I will ask them if they want to participate. If they do, I'll just add whatever artwork they tell me to add into the event and then do everything from there as well. So the artist retains all rights for anything that they post. I welcome all forms of artwork. It doesn't have to be painting. It could be creative writing. It could be theater. It could be culinary art it can be makeup any form of art all of that stuff is art to me so any form of it is welcome at my art gallery very cool and it sounds like it could be a really fun collaboration with a huge variety of stuff in there mm-hmm. and then I saw something about uh, pre-sketched canvases can you tell people a little bit about that Okay, so I was working at a tax office at the time, and my boss asked me if I did pre-sketch canvases, and I said, no, but I can figure out how. (laughs) So she said, okay, you know, and I'll be your customer. She gave me a theme. She said she wanted to have a date night with her guy, and I know that they had just had a baby, so, and she didn't really give me much information outside of that, so... Me being the creative thinker that God created me to be, glory be to God, I was able to create this super cute canvas with two swans. There's no swans made for life. And then they have the cute little heart when they, you know, connect. And I had a cute little baby swan on the back of one. And you know, they're different colors. So I had that lightly shaded so they would know to paint that a different color. And they were on the lake. And then there was lily pads with the bloomed lilies. And she said she really liked it. And it was just really nice. And I tried to do a few of my own, but I think the motivation is different. When I'm making it for someone, it just turns out so much better. When I'm making it for myself, it's just like, eh, I'll do a pre-sketch canvas, and I just end up painting something else. It's always interesting. Some people are really good at following a plan from start to finish. And Mm -hmm. I think you're a little bit more like I am. Like, it kind of takes on a life of its own at some point. Yeah. And you got to go with it. Yes. But cool. So people could contact you if they wanted like a a customized image that you'd sketch out and they wouldn't have to do all the drawing and stuff. You'd get it on the canvas for them and they'd take it home and paint it. Yes. I also Great idea for a, for, um, a paint kit where I would include the colors that they could use for it. Some paint brushes, aprons, cups, table and floor covers, and, you know, just whatever else they would need so that if they don't want to have to do anything at all, but just receive and paint, they could do all of that. What a great idea. That's a fun gift, date night, self-care thing. Mm-hmm. Or a family or friends event. Ooh, a fun girlfriend night. It takes all that stress of prep out. It just gets boxing in. Have fun. Awesome exactly. idea. Today you have something prepared to share with us as well. 
Would you like to introduce that? Yes. I was praying and the Holy Spirit gave me this idea about shifting our perspectives. So that originally was going to be the title, but as I continued to work on it, the Lord titled it, Be Transformed by the Renewing of Our Minds, which is basically the same thing, but it's more scripture-based. And it's just about acknowledging that, yes, we live in a world that is horrible. It's sad, it's scary, it's painful, it's confusing. And also acknowledging that we have the power to shift our focus from focusing on those things to focusing on the Lord and the things that he is doing, which is they are happy things. They are good things. They are miracles. Those feelings that he gives us, peace, joy, love. Endurance. We can shift our focus from focusing on what's happening around us and shift our focus on what's happening with the Lord and within us. And by allowing that shift of focus, it helps us renew our mind in the sense where we see things differently. It's kind of like a situation where, you know, like a tragedy happens, right? I don't want to name anything because I'm not trying to trigger anybody, but tragedy happens. And people may focus on how many people were hurt or perished. And when you focus on the Lord, you tend to focus on how many people were saved or how many people made it. How many people, yeah, they were injured, but they still have their life. They can still go home to their families. So it's not necessarily ignoring the tragedy because the, everybody still needs prayer. Everybody still needs to be helped. But it's just like not limiting our focus to that, but sort of expanding it and looking at things a little differently. The only reason why the devil is busy is because God is busy. If God was not busy, the devil wouldn't be doing anything. A lot of times when I hear people say, and when I say, because I used to say this a lot too, oh, the devil is busy. The devil is busy. And he is, but that's only because God is extra busy. He's just trying to keep up and try and counteract all the good things that the Lord is doing. I just really wanted to share that with other people, you know, maybe to just get their thought process going about how they can shift their own focus and how they could, in real life application, renew their minds by focusing on the Lord. I love that. It's so important. I always tell people along those lines, like, I'm not seeing become Pollyanna. It's so important to recognize that there's both because the news doesn't cover the good side, the God side, or very rarely. Even when I think of parents training their kids or when I'm working on training my dog, how often do I just scold them for not behaving and I forget to praise the good stuff that's happening at the same time and probably more often. But yeah, God is at work even when our world feels horrendous. Yes. And there are times when our world is indeed horrendous, like you say. It, there, there are a lot of times. It, it may be... Uh, more challenging to see mm-hmm. when there's so much emotion just blocking our yeah. eyesight, blocking our heart from being able to recognize the goodness and the faithfulness of the Lord, which ties in with expressive arts because expressive arts help clear out that blockage. It helps us release those negative or you know damaging emotions, and it allows us to to see better, to feel better. I guess you can look at it like a doorway. So all of our hurt, our pain, anger, et cetera, is piling up in the doorway and the Lord is right on the other side of asking to come in. And 
you know, we may be reaching out to him, he may be reaching out to us, but he can't really get to us because of everything that's in the doorway. So expressive arts is a way of clearing out that doorway, clearing out that clutter. And no, we may not be able to clear it all out at once, especially if it's a lot, you know, especially if it goes back years, but it's a start. Little by little, each time we release those negative things in a safe environment, the Lord is able to come in a little more, a little more, a little more. Yeah. And with every little bit that you, um, I'll compare it to, I just did a big overhaul on my kitchen. So <laughs> it's nice. like, it's so overwhelming. Like you don't even want to go in there and you just dump the next layer on. But once you start mm-hmm. clearing a little bit, then motivation starts shifting and you mm-hmm. start seeing hope. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, and I love that art creates that safe place for us to start unloading something or clearing something out of that doorway. Awesome. So what materials would you suggest for people who would like to start working on renewing their mind of clearing some of that stuff out of the way and refocusing? And the first thing that pops into my mind is watch what we say, because the power of life and death is in the tongue. When we say the devil is busy, that tends to be what we focus on. And what we focus on is what grows like a plant. Say you have two plants, you only focus on the one plant and you're watering that one plant, only that one plant will grow. Watching what we say, it's a challenge, especially if it's a habit. But once you are in the point where you recognize what you're saying, that's a great start. You're off to a great start already. Because once you catch it, even if it's in hindsight, that still matters. Because then you can actively work to try and catch it before you say it. You know, sometimes people can just flip a switch. Sometimes it's a process for other people. Sometimes it's a short process. Sometimes it's a long process. Everyone is different. But if you find yourself saying negatively focused things or viewing things negatively or thinking things negatively, it's okay. It happens. We live in a really difficult time right now. And it's okay to acknowledge like, yes, this is bad. Yes, I feel this way. It may not be a good feeling, but yes, I feel this way. It's okay to acknowledge that. Just don't stop there. Don't limit your emotions to that because there's something somewhere that the Lord has done. It may not be something that you can see right off, but maybe if you're looking at someone else's life, you can see what the Lord has done in their life. And then you can get a little hope from that. It's like, okay, well, I'm having this horrible day, but, you know, my sister called with great news. Or, you know, I'm having this horrible day, but my husband, he had a great day at work. Or, you know, he made this beautiful dinner. Or, you know, whatever the case may be. There, there's something somewhere in someone's life close to you that may be a little easier for you to see if you're having it a hard time seeing it in your own life or in your own situation at the time. So just expand it, acknowledge both, watch what it is that you're saying and thinking about and focusing on and feeding. That's the start, in my opinion. I don't know where other people will start at. I'm sure there's at least 17 other starting points, at least. (laughs) (laughs) At least, there's always a bazillion. Yeah, so I find writing things down or starting to collage, that helps me kind of get in that moment and be more aware. You're not in your head. So do do you find similar things as well helpful? Yes, writing, journaling. I like to journal some of my prayers. It just helps my thought process. It helps me see where I'm at and then I can actively change where it goes as I'm writing, Mm. if that makes sense. Yes. Do you want to do a little demo or show a little sample for people? Since I'm already in my book that I journal in usually, I'm sure I can find something. Okay, I think I'm going to read this one. Just a little context. This is about one of my friends that I had when I was homeless. 
and she gave me some advice and I followed it and it was not good advice. It actually went against what the Lord was telling me at the time. So I was in this place of grief. I was feeling convicted a little bit by the Holy Spirit because I was being disobedient because that's not what the Lord told me to do. And I let someone persuade me differently. So I was about ready to throw in the towel for the whole situation. Like, you know what, Lord, let's just start over. I don't need this friend. I don't need this situation. Just just clean it out loud, give me a new one. But I just, I didn't. I just sat down and I wrote, Lord, dot, 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 sigh. And I wrote it with a capital S, so it's a big one. <laughs> I thank you. I acknowledge your love, your presence, your steadfastness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your steadfastness. I know that you're good through and through. I know that you're not the author of confusion, but the God of wisdom and unlimited knowledge. Thank you, Father. Thank you for being you. Thinking of you, focusing on you, allows me to think clearer about my decision, to remember what we had already decided. And even in my pain, I said, she means well, but she doesn't truly, fully understand, probably because I didn't explain the full scope of my limited point of view. And I'm realizing now that as I wrote that, I'm acknowledging that she meant well, she didn't intentionally try to mislead me. And I'm also acknowledging my limited point of view because I didn't know all of the details of what the Lord was telling me to do. I just knew that he was telling me to do something. Anyway, so it says, no matter. I remember now and I feel a lot better now that I've recommitted to our decision. Now for my exit strategy, LOL. And then parentheses, I put nervous laughter. <laughs> I love you put the little commentary right in your journal writing. It's great because you can see that you've worked on that perspective and honing, like there's a little self-discipline in going back and saying, oh, wait, I know what we decided, what we previously decided. And then to remember those truths about who he is and how that just transforms the whole situation and the pain that you were feeling. Not that you were feeling like uber, super happy at the end, but it, it clarified your path. Yes. And now yeah. that, you know, in that moment when I was like, okay, now I know how to proceed forward. I felt more at ease with my next steps. You know, I started planning. I was like, okay, now it's time for the exit strategy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. going to do that. And of course, nothing went according to the plan, but I... <laughs> I was able to exit the situation. <laughs> and do it without bashing her. Exactly. You could still recognize like her motive wasn't evil. It wasn't right. It was against what God had made clear. And once you recommitted to that clarity and obeying, it shifted things, but you didn't have to do it at someone else's expense either. All right. I know we got off on a few other things, which sometimes happens as we chat, but... That's why we have the transformational studio time. Coming next week, we will go over, as we make art, the rest of what Cassandra shared with us during this podcast chat. Today, we're going to tune into just a few snippets about what she said about prayer, and then she's going to close us out with prayer. But if you want to join our transformational studio time next week, make sure you go to Patreon and sign up for that level so that you can come make art with us and go deeper in this conversation about how to make it super practical about how transforming our mind and shifting our focus can transform how we interact with others, especially after a hard time. The question that I have is, how can we possibly bring the light of the Lord to this painfully dark time? 
think first and foremost is prayer. It's a safe space for us to go and plead on the behalf, petition on the behalf of this person in their situation. It's also a safe space for us to go and express how we're feeling about the situation. I'm always and, amazed uh, when, when I start to pray about something, like even if it just starts out as a rant, mm-hmm. how God so, so gently meets us right there and then starts to shift. Yeah. How we're feeling about it. These are good words. Thank you so much for sharing them. And would you like to pray for those who may listen to this in the future? Yes. Dear Holy Heavenly Father, please, Lord, please, please, please protect all of your children. Your word says we ought to be transformed by having our minds renewed. Well, we're coming to you today, Lord, for our transformation. Lord, all we can see is death and destruction around us. But you say that so long as you're in the world, you're the light of the world. Where are you, Lord? Where is your light? Please help me see you and your good works, Lord. You also say that hope deferred makes the heart sick. So Lord, please give us all your hope. Please fulfill our longings and make us a tree of life with our roots planted by your living water that we may not fear when he comes nor worry about drought or floods. Lord, you have given us your word and the world hates us for it because it sets us apart. But you also said that you will protect us from the evil, Lord. So please help us trust you to stand on your words like you've done in the past. Lord, as I lean on you and give you all of my worries and my fears, please bless me with your steady presence, your love, your comfort, and your peace. Lord, we thank you for carrying us this far. You don't deserve your kindness and compassion, and yet you bless us with it anyway. We don't deserve the blessings that you continue to pour out on us, but you do it anyway. All because you, Lord, are good, you are faithful, you are holy, and you love us with all of your heart. And we thank you, Lord, and we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, I so conceal this prayer in your precious blood, Lord Jesus, and it's in your mighty name I pray. Amen and hallelujah. Amen. That's a perfect way to end. Glory goes to God. All glory goes to God. He's the one who renews our minds and transforms everything. Make sure you check out the show notes today for some really fun links. 